0: anytime that anybody treats you like that whether they're coping poorly or not like whatever the reason is the charge nurse the nurse the doctor and hopefully like if there is a behavioral health team or whoever it is
1: mm-hmm.
0: need to go in and like set boundaries i don't think that that's yeah. being done and i think that's part of the burnout
1: you're listening to penlight a podcast that strives to reignite a passion for nursing for those who've lost it my name is maggie mcgrath and i'm a travel nurse I love what nursing has given me over the last five years, but I fight symptoms of burnout every day. I'm opening up a space once a week for nurses to vent, to laugh, to share ways and how they cope with stress and to offer guidance for change. As nurses, we dedicate our lives to improve the health of others. It's time to shine the penlight on nurses and nursing to improve our own health. what's up everybody this is maggie you're listening to penlight where we shine the light on nurses and nursing and this week i'm here with julia julia has been a nurse for around four years three and a half years and works on a bmt oncology unit so bmt meaning bone marrow transplant um i met julia last year through shelby if you listen to the first episode and i got to know her when we were both bridesmaids and Shelby's wedding so Julia thank you so much of for course. being here yes this happy to be great. here
0: I can't believe it's only been a year
1: I know it's right? crazy I know it's, yeah. been, it's been awesome so um so we're just gonna jump right into it so um since since oncology is such an umbrella term mm-hmm. um can you just kind of explain BMT and the types of patients that you normally see on the unit
0: yeah so we are a double unit so we have like we're under one we're two whole units though that work together um, oncology is one which is solid tumor and they're more med medical surgical unit that can take med surge overflow as well um but the that's primarily like the chemotherapy administration for solid mm. tumors so breast cancer ovarian prostate anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bone marrow transplant, which is where I would say I primarily work, um, is basically all any blood cancer. There's some autoimmune as well, um, but we, bone marrow transplant is actually, ki- I mean, it's still the norm for a lot of um, things, like leukemia is mm-hmm. something that I guess people would know. Um, but we're also diving into new Studies that have been amazing, like car T therapy, where you
1: yeah, directly
0: target um, T cell, which is um, part of that blood, mm-hmm. um, and then you teach it to attack the specific type of cancer yeah. Um,
1: yeah in bone marrow transplant, like the actual transplant aspect, you take cells from what is it like the your like iliac crest or something
0: we don't actually do the harvesting. I should know this It's mm. terrible that I don't, but I think so. <laughs> I think that they do. And then like,
1: and then how does the actual transplant? I, I trans do really, n- I don't know. Yeah. It's super, BMT.
0: it's way more. Um, it's not as crazy as everybody thinks. I think everybody thinks of like the TV shows of where it's like this crazy, insane needle, whether you're the person that donates or you're the person that gets it. Mm. But it's, looks exactly the same as a blood transfusion the only thing that's different is like you have a higher risk of reacting so we Mm -hmm. are super cautious so like there's just more people in the room and you're taking vitals the whole time and you have safeguards in place to do if you know and you stop it immediately but they come in like small little bags and then you have a certain number depending on how many you harvested or whatever but same with so like um there's different types of bone marrow transplants so you can give from you can harvest from yourself you can harvest mm. from a sibling or um family member but you have to be at, like a certain type of match you can far- harvest from a stranger um or um what do you call it babies some Stem- uh oh. cord cord blood oh okay oh wow um but that that also being said is I mean depending on what type of cancer you have, it has to be it's like the 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 option it's not like you have all of those options, yeah, it's very very, very limited, gotcha mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's depending cool. yeah, did you pursue b m t um or?
0: so I did, but I so for my like senior practicum in college, I originally was going to do and got Um, ICU and that's what kind of I wanted to do Mm. Um, and then I someone told me one of my best friends told me like do oncology because when you're in college or you know when you're learning all of these things you never get to actually do like you don't do an oncology rotation
1: Yeah. but in
0: every single aspect of the hospital you're going to have an oncology patient whether it's the ED, the ICU um, ortho, whatever it is um, and I ended up just picking it for that aspect, but I still was planning to do ICU. Mm-hmm. Ended up falling in love and then chose to do BMT and oncology for my new graduate n- nursing program. Gotcha. <clears throat> but it's, the I would say the reason why I fell in love with it is it's such, um, it, There, there is this different piece of it that a lot of, you get to spend as a nurse that you wouldn't on other floors where you get to interact with someone and have these conversations and people open up in a different way Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they, you know, potentially face death or they're facing something totally brand new. It's not like a broken arm yeah, or it's not like a, it's just these different, you're there in like the worst, different communication and different relationships that you build as a nurse and a patient. And also, they're there, they can be there for an incredibly long time, or yeah. they're there and they come back and they keep mm-hmm. having to come back for whatever reason. Um, so they really become part of your family, yeah, which is also the
1: I hard honestly, part. I kind of roped in oncology with search for the longest time until <laughs> I became a traveler. Mm-hmm. and then I realized like, oh, oncology it's, whole, it's a whole nother mm-hmm. type of nursing.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, we get so many oncology or I mean, med, sorry, med surge patients because mm-hmm. like there's still normal bodies that have all of the med surge things. They just come to us because they might have an oncology past or we'll like right. our, we'll get some overflow and mm-hmm. and even a bone marrow transplant patient might be getting a bone marrow transplant, but they could also be a psych patient like yeah, right. So it's just totally oh. all the right, all the yeah. things.
1: You get them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nursing is nursing. It. Yeah, that's <coughs> very. And you have been charged for charge nurse mm-hmm. on that unit for how many years now? Um, I feel like you started like last year or
0: like, so I started being per- so I became a permanent charge a year ago, which means like prime uh, you do most of your shifts in charge. And you have your um you have like a team of employees that you oversee mm-hmm. so you like you do your their yearly out evals and you do any follow-up if they need any follow-up and I think of them as like my crew so like we mm-hmm. go on outings and stuff too but um I don't know when I became like a relief a unit, charge I don't remember you go out as a unit. As well I mean so most of the people in our unit like I, I would say like 95 percent is like Mid twenties to thirty years old is like the besides a few people, so I think every everybody hangs out anyways because there's about 175 people on our unit. Wow, nurses, damn, and so that's been really nice to like immediately have friends. Huge, yeah. So So 70 beds because it's two, yeah, okay, two units that are one. Gotcha. So we always work among the two, yeah, um, but. Really, charge I don't know longer than that like, yeah maybe a year maybe two years do you like there's no way being on the floor so there's pros and cons um I used to think like being in charge is so easy and they're not really doing yeah. anything and you, you just get a help yeah um But, I mean, like anything else, like when you're a CNA, you think nurses aren't doing anything. When you're a nurse, you don't think charges are doing anything. When you're (laughs) a charge, you don't think that administration is doing anything. But then you see that role. It's all about perspective.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, That's very true. I love it because when I do get to help, I really get to help. Um, We Mm -hmm. have what's called like a helper charge, which is just like you you can get thrown into that position, which is really great where literally your role is to help anybody. That's awesome. With whatever they need throughout the day.
1: Because um, half the time, yeah, charge has their own responsibilities exactly. and they, they want to be helping you. Yeah. Especially like when I'm a traveler, that's like the first name I know. Yeah. And then it's like, I feel so bad asking you all the time. And it stinks so
0: bad. Like when you, like as a charge, knowing that the traveler only knows me, cause <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I wish that everybody would reach out
1: to you. Yeah. Right. And I feel, I, I yeah, I just did that. I felt like mm-hmm. I was only comfortable mm-hmm. Like talking to charge for like a day, right? For a and little then I while. Learn Some name, people,
0: it's it's for it's for most of the time. Or like, you know, you teach people like new grads, like mm-hmm. choose one task throughout the day that even though you're planning on doing it, just ask charge to do it. That kind of was the original train of thought. Now our charges are very focused on like throughput, so um, admissions and discharges, and there's more meetings we have to go to and stuff. It's there's a lot and like audits throughout the day, and mm-hmm. so the the things that I've learned from being in charge is you you kind of just um so everybody you see into everybody's world when they're on the floor, mm-hmm. all of the nurses, so like you you hear that there's like a tragedy or some crazy thing that's happening in everybody's day, and they only come and tell you, yeah. But then you're like, oh, it, like it. You're doing amazing, and like you want to support them, but you're like, no, like you you have no idea what that is today because of this thing. where but you can't. You I would never say that. Yeah. And so like throughout the day, you kind of get a lot of negative energy of like. Yeah, because you're just putting out fires. Exactly. All day, all day. And then same with like, um, patient recovery, like service recovery. Mm-hmm. You do that all day. So, you do like service recovery with nurses, you do service recovery with patients, and then you're trying to hold the unit together for the next shift. And then the next shift comes on, and they're really upset about their assignments. Yes. And then, (laughs) so it's a lot of this like energy, but then at the same time, it's like really nice when you do get to help or when, Mm -hmm. you know. I don't really necessarily like to put out all the fires, but I like to make sure that every, I. I really like making sure that everybody's happy, and I yeah, try to do that. And totally. So that's the, probably the nicest.
1: I did charge <clears> when <throat> I before I was a traveler. I did charge on the neuro unit that mm-hmm. I was on, and yeah, oh, I hated making the assignment. It's awful because it's like no, nobody's gonna be Not happy. Not a si- nobody, and like, every- and it's like everybody's assignment sucks. Yeah, everyone's sucks yes. so don't come to me and like i'm like, i understand why you didn't get room 36 back. yeah it's it's
0: so hard and it's again it's about perspective because yeah, like it is if they saw the entire unit they would be able to right mm-hmm. yeah i think the hardest part about being charged is to not want to be involved in everything mm-hmm. like if there's a code technically charge is not even so charge is supposed to work on like continuing to help the unit run hmm even though like you're sought after because you are potentially the most knowledgeable, yeah, potentially the right. one that, you know, knows where everything is and who to call and all that stuff. So that that's been like an interesting dynamic. Um hmm. but my days on the floor are heaven. Like I used to think even as a relief charge I used to be um like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be charged and stuff. And even though it's stressful, it's just kind of here and there. And now as charged. I can't wait for my days on the floor. Because you're only focused on your own assignment. Right. You get to yeah. have, you you get some, you like, feedback from patients. Like,
1: mm-hmm. when
0: you're charged, you're just putting out fires. And um, it's rare that you get that, satisfac- that positive feedback and satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're a patient care, like... You get to have those conversations of like,
1: this is why I was a nurse. This is why I'm doing this. Yeah. And I think also like when you do charge and then you come back to be like having your floor and being on the floor, Mm -hmm. you kind of, you come with a different perspective, like more of like a, like a general, you know, understanding. Yeah. You're looking at the patient more as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like you might be more interested in like the discharge, like what's going on. Then, then if you just had your four and you were so used to Tasks. you know the day-to-day grind mm-hmm. of, of like getting that stuff done like mm-hmm. after you have that charge experience then you have to think about that stuff of course that so, helps so much and
0: yeah and like even educating like okay we're here on day two or whatever you're not gonna discharge for another 10 days but let's start talking about education because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it stinks so much when someone's about to discharge and you realize that they've gotten no diabetic. education and I'm like what is this how but it's because you know you're so busy on the floor yeah. and you literally people don't have a second
1: up. of time you can't sometimes i had to teach somebody how to give insulin and check their check their sugars give insulin and like use a sliding scale in like, like a few minutes the day of discharge oh it took two hours oh because i was
0: like i thank god you spent <laughs> that because some sometimes it's like ridiculous. there's so much pressure of like, like why
1: isn't your patient out and then you people try to Oh, I'll fight back and be like, this person literally is going to go home with a vial of insulin and has no idea that they actually have to stick them. I remember there was the one, oh, it was one lady that spoke French Oh no! and she had a brain tumor and she was supposed to go to a homeless shelter with insulin. Great. And like, I remember teaching her this on her discharge day and like giving her the shot and she was like, you want me to do what? And I was like, Oh, no my one has God. ever even mentioned that nobody, she has to give had, it, nobody met, you know she knew that she was getting these three times day in the hospital, but she probably thought it was a hospital thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, it's rough, so then you just you teach them as much as they are willing to learn, mm-hmm. and then you send them out mm-hmm. and I like felt like such shit that day, so I was like, this lady's not gonna check mm-hmm. I mean, hope like I talked to the director of the homeless shelter or whoever on the phone or just, I remember giving report to yeah. somebody and being like, she's going with she insulin has to have us. and she needs somebody to.
0: And then the hard out. part is like, sometimes I have those conversations with patients and I'm like, do you even kind of understand even a little bit of what I'm saying just because it's so <laughs> foreign and everybody just nods their head and they're like, yeah, yeah. But like, even right. when I went to my appointment, mm-hmm. I am very well versed in medical knowledge and i still was like wait julia broke I her wrist to? i broke my wrist yeah she's got a <laughs> but i was like wait what yeah. so it's yeah it's, it,
1: it, me too i've had i've had that before where you're like it's you just want so to, interesting you want to give them um what am i trying to say you want to like Make sure that they know that you're listening and understanding. Yeah. But then you're really not. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have been on that side too. My dog at home oh. is a 10-year-old diabetic oh. dog. And so like every time we go to the vet, you know, they know I'm a nurse. And they'll like talk to mm-hmm. me like, you mm-hmm. know, nursing jargon, And I'm like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. cool. Or like, but, you know, sometimes something will go over my head and I don't feel comfortable enough yeah to say like what do you mean because you're now?
0: comfortable with what you're comfortable with, but then you're like
1: wait yeah and so wait? like how do you, like I can't imagine not knowing doesn't anything. have a medical background going like okay yeah mm-hmm. I got it we're like a fifth grade education but
0: they haven't voiced it because we haven't really interacted with them much or yeah like whatever it is maybe they can't even read yeah, and we send them home can't with those even read you papers give them a packet it's awful we it's got to be a societal change though yeah change in the process
1: so one of the things I feel, I remember in nursing school them talking about the teach back mm-hmm. method, which I'll use, you know, at, at some points I'll like, okay, like this is your discharge papers. What is this medication mm-hmm. for? You know, I'm just, and I think I say, what do I say? I want to make sure that I am conveying this properly. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to ask you to, to I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about what we just talked about yeah. or something. And that kind of like, I think it helps. Yeah. Like yeah. when
0: I'm doing like discharge teaching with follies when they have to go home with their follies, mm-hmm. like changing the bag even, I'll, they'll, I'll be like, so do you get everything? And they're like, yeah, of course. And then I'm like, okay, do it. No idea. Yeah. And right. I understand too, like wanting to please and wanting to get done and wanting mm-hmm. to discharge. I think people also want, want you to think that they've been listening and stuff. But yeah. we recently tried to start doing the teach back with the bone marrow transplant Like home medication because you have to go home with so many anti-rejection meds and Mm -hmm. so every day throughout the day you were supposed to say like do you know what you're taking this for but like they're so annoyed and they're there for so long that I think some people thought of it negatively of like why are you telling me this now or and so Mm -hmm. but I think overall it was
1: positive it was a study for someone but oh cool yeah being staff in a hospital means that you meet people or do things that you would never otherwise do or meet in your lifetime. I'm sure you can agree. Um I'm sure you can give me an example of a situation where you thought only in nursing would this happen.
0: Yes. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um So I had one patient one night shift. um I'm excited for this story um that so I got I got a call from the ED I knew I was getting a patient and the first thing the ED nurse says is I am so sorry and I'm like that's the last thing you want to hear from the ER like because just they handle so much shit that the worst thing to hear so I was like okay I'm like already kind of just like grinning, like what is about to happen, and she was like, okay, so this guy came in from a motel, and he was he like had severe abdominal pain. He was vomiting for a while, and he had really bad back pain, and the ED nurse is like, okay, so here's like what's wrong with him, but. He also drank a cup of meth, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't know you could do meth that way. But all right,
1: drank a cup of meth. No, no,
0: no, yeah, a cup. <laughs> I don't know how exactly that works. He must have said that, but done whatever else, because she's like, he's been doing I hope pushups. I that was in the
1: note. I hope that was in it the was. physician note. It was. <laughs> Patient drank a cup yes. of meth.
0: And so he had been doing push ups naked in the E D for three hours until <laughs> they could until they could get my bed. And so she was like, oh. Again, I'm really sorry. And so he pulls up to my room. He's still naked and he smells so bad, which is he unfortunate. He didn't have a gown. He wouldn't wear one. I think it was like a tactile thing, like Oh. Or just didn't like clothes, you know, everyone not around their their or
1: he just like was completely naked. So she
0: was like off, he was naked. Oh, my God. He, like, would not put it on, because I tried multiple times. Yeah. Also, like, wanted really wanted to, like, help him shower, and yeah, that was just not the focus. Um <laughs> It was also, like, 2 a.m., and yeah. so he got up there, but, like, since he was kind of out of it, like, I was like, well, we have to put him on a bed alarm. Mm-hmm. So, the push-up stopped, thankfully.
1: Um Got to sleep sometime.
0: But the reason that he had like nausea and back pain and abdominal pain, was because he was sticking old oxygen tubing of his penis for oh pleasure. Oh,
1: God. Jesus Christ. I forgot about and that. And to each their own, the story, but make
0: it be clean, <laughs> I guess. And so he had uh, like a pretty bad AKI. And A so, kidney injury. Yeah, so he had like a urinary oh, tract infection and, and kidney injury. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd gotten there yet. I think you could. But I think it was extremely painful. Oh my. But God. apparently this is like it's like a thing. People like it's, stick things up. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Urethra. But Jesus. to dirty oxygen tubing. Yeah, you have a bladder infection yeah. for sure. Hundred percent. But apparently, like you can buy them. Thanks. Anyways, Besides <laughs> the fact. So. Um, my CNA went in there and we were like, okay, welcome to the unit. Like, can I get you anything? And he's like, no. And so I like went to and I had had a few admissions like come at all at the same time. So like I was like in and out of his room. And so the first time I go back, he's masturbating and I'm like, okay, like, Jesus. just not right now. Like, it's okay. Like, because like that happens and it's, it's norm for weird stuff like that to happen. Like it's not weird. I mean, people are going to. Do that, but I don't think I've ever. I've never come across
1: the, like walking in on that. Oh my god, I have so many times. Really?
0: Yes. Jesus.
1: Which it's like you're like okay, please now. like pl- yeah. Just with people that just, know
0: that we're coming in, it's very weird. I don't think that he realized that I, would I think come back in. part of me thinks need, that he had a mental still illness. At the hotel. Yeah, like who? Know? Yeah, I have no idea. He was definitely messed up from whatever he took, and so. He's master masturbating, and i'm like okay i have to like ask you a bunch of questions that's inappropriate like i'll be we back have to in do a few admission minutes
1: work. can you please stop? relax
0: <laughs> Jesus. the things i was a new grad too
1: oh no. and so
0: then my cna and i are in a different room and I you think- hear so he's he's in like oh. one room my my cna And I am in another room, and we both hear a concerning noise that we think that a patient is, like, kind of crying out in pain. Mm -hmm. And instead, so we, like, go, I thought he fell out of bed. I thought he was, like, groaning because he fell out of bed. And he is arm, or, like, hand is grabbed at the top rail of the bed frame. He is just, like, going, going at it. And so I'm like, you, like, you, you can't do that. Like, please stop. Cause obviously it was like not, he, he was going to keep doing it. Yeah. Part of me thinks that it was like a anxiety It's worse that you were a new thing. grad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was a new grad for sure. I think he, it like calmed his anxiety because looking back, like it was more of like a fidget almost. Oh, I don't, I mean, I don't know. This is all. Hmm. And yeah. so then. Can't I, Some people yeah, just, I, yeah, you can't, you can't. So then again like we had to like run to another bed alarm and I'd given him, given him some time we'd like brought him some food and I oh yeah he told me that he was like insanely itchy so I'm trying to get adrax ordered mm-hmm. but for whatever reason they were just like have you tried like anything else cuz I thought like when you're coming down off of stuff like I'm trying to think of what else you get itchy right yeah like that pink song yeah. Hey. <laughs> so I literally was like, let me just give him lotion while yeah. I'm waiting for the adorax." Oh, no. And so I, like, didn't think anything of it. And I give him a whole bottle of lotion. Oh, and God. I'm like, here it is. He's like, oh, thank you. And... It's like, perfect. <laughs> so that's exactly I left, what I needed. I left the room to let him eat. And I, like, came back a little bit later because he had, like, pressed the call light button or something. And there's blood everywhere in the room. Like I thought that he pulled out both of his ACs and I was like, Oh my God, like, where are you bleeding from? Or yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anticubital IVs. His IVs. So I thought like, where are you bleeding from? Like, why is there blood everywhere? Like it was everywhere all over the railing near the door, which was really far away from the bed. Like, so I was really concerned. So I was like, and i see that his ivs are still there and i'm like where are you bleeding from like what happened and he was like i did it and i was like it what from his penis he masturbated bloody gum all over the room oh my god
1: oh that's so and horrific. it's like just in the hospital was it a private room or was there somebody else in there all
0: of our rooms are private yeah oh. mhm that would be awful gee that would be so that would be awful. awful so <laughs> that's that you never know and people are like oh how was your day and I'm like great <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> you can't describe that situation to anyone unless yeah. they know right you, like, oh, "Oh, it's great or like people in the next room are like oh yeah having a good night and I'm like yeah
1: yep oh. yes
0: you only knew <laughs> I don't want to talk about it yeah just take your pills <laughs> there's stuff like that all the time of like what is actually happening
1: Right now. And you just have to go also it's charged and you have
0: to like giggle really quickly at the nurse's station and then go fix the problem. But it's just like, how is this what we do for a living? Yeah. Like,
1: like this is, I'm what? Not. so people, God, but. you just meet the worst. You meet the craziest mm-hmm. people.
0: It's so interesting to me too. On our floor, the, a, a lot of times like the worst will come out. Mm-hmm. And to see how different people cope is so um, eye opening. Different patients or different staff? Family members oh, or yeah. patients mm-hmm. or staff, really. Anybody, like any. Like when you recognize that, like, oh, you're not insane, you just don't know how to cope. Yeah. Or like, totally. You have never, ever, ever been taught that it's okay to not cuss at someone and throw things because that is how you were taught or how you've learned throughout your life mm. to deal with frustration. Yeah. And so it's like, Oh wow. Like coping is huge.
1: Yeah. You take that in mm-hmm. a lot. You know, you have to find grace or you have to find, you know, you just have to find a reason to sympathize uh-huh. to get through those situations mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, you know, they've, they had, they have a really hard life, mm-hmm. or like, you know, right? They've never learned. Yeah, they've lo- never learned those mechanisms because, like, you have to when you get like shit on like that by a family member or somebody, like, you have to go back in there mm-hmm. and like. You keep, just can't you know, take it personally. They're just, they're just taking it out on whoever's in the room. Like, mm-hmm. you can't take it personally.
0: But I do think that as, you know, in a field with so many women, where we're told to be polite and we're told to be to just take it mm-hmm. you know we are told to like you can't take it personally like just leave the room and take a breath and go back in I think that the culture needs to change to anytime that anybody treats you like that whether they're coping poorly or not like whatever the reason is the Charge nurse, the nurse, the doctor, and hopefully, like if there is a behavioral health team or whoever it is, Mm -hmm. need to go in and like set boundaries. I don't think that that's being done, and I think that's part of the burnout. Like how, like walking in immediately and saying like we are caring for you, this is you cannot treat staff like that. That's inappropriate Mm -hmm. if you want to be cared here, cared for here. Like you, you cannot communicate like that or or whatever, whatever it is. Because I mean, we've we've gotten. We are, like, the amount of threats we've gotten, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: both, like, people saying that they're going to kill us, the amount of times that people have, like, physically touched our staff, or Mm -hmm. just been, like, incredibly demeaning and rude. Not from, like, I mean, there's the sexual kind, but then there's also the just absolutely
1: terrible yeah yeah talking it's
0: awful and i think that it's something that we're taught to deal with but i
1: think that that needs to shift yeah 100 percent. i agree with that i feel like i've started to if somebody i still kind of like turn the other cheek Mm -hmm. you know when when those things happen but like i remember kind of recently maybe there was like a patient that cussed at me or something for no reason I was like you're not going to talk to me like that Yeah. you can't you're not going to talk to me or you're not going to talk I, I think the report that I got was from a new grad yeah. night shift nurse and she was like Horror. she didn't want to come back that and that's night. the worst part Is and that- I was mm-hmm. like don't let him you cannot let him talk to you like yeah. that that's not allowed and you are allowed to say that you mm-hmm. don't have to just take it you and do not leave have the to to room it. you know and a lot of people aren't afraid they, there needs to be a certain type of verbiage. You know how, like, mm-hmm. you know, in a code, we're taught these are the things that we have to do, yes. these are our responsibilities. But for other types of situations that could cause us a lot of stress, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, if somebody talks, if somebody is like verbally aggressive to you, there's not a, a way that we're trained specifically to say, mm-hmm. you can't talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. there's there and then it's that like uniform exist. and so
0: they've heard it before and the other thing that i think that i think is a key piece in this is the support from all of the other team players right so like mm-hmm. management charge nurse nurse and especially the doctor because um a lot of patients are like well the doctor is like to- like the doctor will go in and then they won't say anything and they're like what are you talking about this patient is totally fine yeah and it's so nice when we were just talking about last night, like this one doctor who has since moved like out of the country and he used to like any time there was a patient like that, he would walk in with you and he'd say like under no circumstances, is, is it okay even if you're upset to treat like my nurses like this and I, I won't tolerate it. And he would come in with the pink discharge. Like, mm. do you want to leave right now? It's 3 a.m. Like feel free, but do not, you know, treatment ner- and it yeah. would fix it like people are going to be upset Ugh. and they might not know but it's huge and i think that it's part of burnout and i think it's part of why like nurses sit in their car and cry before they come into work yeah because they have so much anxiety that they're going to have to deal with them those mm-hmm. those negative situations and that is so detrimental to the nursing field to care in the future to these mm-hmm. people that are nurses that are amazing and should never feel like that mm-hmm.
1: So it's like something's got to change. Is there a nurse at work or maybe somebody that you just know you met that you admire, somebody that you look up to? Yes.
0: Um, there's a nurse that I work with. Um,
1: Jasmine. I love her. I think I'm going to have um, on my Instagram page, yes. I think I'm going to start a kind of like nurse in the spotlight or yes, like a please. nurse in the pen light you or just, you know something head. like that yeah where we can if if she wants mm-hmm. we can like you know just like a little blurb mm-hmm. about like this is jasmine mm-hmm. or you know this is this is why she is a great nurse or mm-hmm. something like once a week
0: she is i think that's an amazing idea yeah do it cool um hmm. So she didn't do nursing as her first career. She was in like HR slash management slash what do you call it when you do like hotels? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I literally have no idea except for what I know. Yeah. I, know um, I know nothing. I know nothing. And she is the most self-aware and aware of other people, honest supportive in a very positive way and just if I could say the perfect human she's the perfect human (laughs) in every way and like I know that she would say like you know we all have our issues but she is part of the reason that I think a lot of people have stayed on our floor um do you have good retention on your unit I don't think so yeah I think I don't know about stay. compared to other BMT units. I know that like for med surge units, I think it's like two years, maybe. Okay. Which okay. I think is pretty Average. terrible. Yeah. That's
1: I mean, for a career. Yeah. Compared well, to yes. other. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Um. But as a new grad, you have to stay on the floor for two years. Like oh, you sign okay. a contract.
1: I see. Gotcha. So usually shortly so after that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. But she is so supportive of what each person needs like as a human and sees beauty in everything. It's so uplifting. And she does it so well with patients. So like and I mean I think her focus now, she's also a permanent charge. She her focus now is like in our people in our staff that, you know, we all started nursing as, you know, to help patients, but we're staying now to help our staff. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of permanent charges are and She definitely wants to find what each person wants and wants to help support them into becoming whatever that is. And she's just such a breath of fresh air Yeah. to like, this is a job. It's a job that we all wanted to do, but like there's something beautiful in it that we can all find. Yeah. She's amazing. That's awesome. She has a cute dog. (laughs) She's great. Extra points. (laughs) She used to be a yoga teacher and a masseuse, I think. (laughs) Oh. Yeah,
1: she's great. She probably is yeah very relaxing to her patients. Mm-hmm. She's the most calm human ever. <laughs> it's great. Um, just to kind of go back about um, you know um, retention. I started this podcast with the nursing demographic in mind, which was nurses that were leaving the bedside. Mm-hmm. And you've been you've been a nurse on the same unit for the last three and a half years, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure that you've you know since then seeing new grads come in fresh face Mm -hmm. ready to go and then after their two years their contract is up they don't make it so what do you think differentiates you from those types of nurses or do you feel do you feel like you're out of that range or do you still feel like you know you could leave it any minute um I
0: am very indecisive, so I don't know what I want. I don't think I'm gonna leave though. Um, I was planning on leaving in, before I got the permanent charge job, so about a year ago. So after a, about two and a half years in to travel, which mm-hmm. was like very exciting, and enticing for me. I still think, you know, it's always like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so passionate about our staff. And I do love our patient population, that it was something... And, like, our floor is great. Our management is incredible. That's good. They are so supportive in every way, and very much so. Like, say that you said you wanted to go there. Like, how can I help you get there? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is very different than, I think, than a lot of other management um, people in nursing. Um, One of the things that I think... So they, they, I never really felt that they used to say that around six months, you kind of start as a new grad, you get harder patients and you, you know, kind of get the swing of it and you're not the newest one anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to start to feel potentially like a, a roller coaster. You know, you're going to plummet mm-hmm. down. You still don't know. You don't know, and you don't feel ways. comfortable, but you're getting harder patients and you're not the newest one. So you're yeah. not going to get as much help and stuff. I never really felt that, and I don't think it was because I was good, but I think I am a perfectionist, and I am, like, a type A person. I think m- I would say, like, a lot of the nurses, nurses are, are. I feel like I most agree. maybe even. Yeah. Um, And I recognize that, like, there's no way I'm going to be a perfectionist in nursing. I'm going to try to make sure that everything I do is perfect, Not perfect. Like I will do everything very well. Yeah. But like my brain, when I write down all my tasks, like the goal of my night is not to cross it off anymore. I still keep that in my mind because it's very satisfying. Mm -hmm. But like if I don't need a chart for one night and I just like do it really quickly and I make sure I have like all the things I need in there, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go through and click every single box, which is what I literally used to do. Like every box I could click, I would go through and I would obsess over it. Or, yeah. like, the, the ability to just be, like, okay, whatever. Like, to not get stressed over things mm-hmm. and to be, like, this patient is so mad. All of this stuff, like, I just say, like, okay, I'm going to come back. And just, like, yeah, go back later. Like, mm-hmm. the the recognition in myself to not get in a tizzy yeah, and to say, like, oh, it's fine. Like, there are – this is a 24-hour operation. There's going to be someone – I'll do everything that I can to make sure that it's all done, but like mm-hmm. there are things that can wait and it's fine. And unless it is a code situation or unless it's very serious to the patient, like it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think the ability to not get stressed out, to let things kind of roll off. Yes. hmm. Was something that was really nice to learn quickly in the mm-hmm. beginning. Also, my own voice, um, being able to recognize that like I'd don't have to second guess myself and that I do know a good amount. Um, I, I will never know more than anyone, I don't want to sound conce- you know, like that or anything. But to like be able to say, even to, like I remember one night when I was still being oriented, my preceptor, there was like a whole situation and we really needed, like the patient was about to code, we really needed a respiratory therapist, they were short. Um, and he was very annoyed that we had called, but, like, we, we didn't get a response back. There's was a code. Well, it, we, it, it, we hadn't called the code yet, but, like, he mm. was – he would have. Yeah. And so we ended up, like, calling, like, his higher-up, and he, like, came furious to the bedside. And, like, her ability to stand there and talk through the situation of, like um, – it is really, un- like, her, her, how I watched her, that is, like, how I frame everything when I have mm. to talk to a doctor that's upset with me or whatever, and, and, like, it's really inappropriate for you to talk to me like that. If you if you want to, you know, discuss this in a calm manner, please do that, but right now we're worried about the patient, please go into the room. Like, so calm, no regret, yeah. aggra- like, it was, mes- I remember standing there like, oh my but gosh, this guy is about to literally do. beat you down, yeah. I am so terrified right now. I was, like, shaking. And she was just like, this like, is totally inappropriate. Please go check on the patient. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. We can talk later. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, awesome. You can just have these calm conversations, even in heightened situations. And mm-hmm.
1: so I remember that from my preceptor, mm-hmm. too. They would just, if it felt like shit was hitting the fan and uh-huh. everything was going down, he would turn on an extra calm. Yes. You know, like he had an extra calm Mm -hmm. button. Yeah. Stowed away. Which is how I feel now. like. And he like, like I think there was one time we like thought a patient had a DVT or something deep vein thrombus. It was like pretty apparent Mm. and he would just turn on this like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. It even helps you think stuff through. Like
0: when I turn on my calm, I'm like, my mind starts going way faster than when I'm stressed out, which is, Obvious, like that should be
1: like turn on your calm turn on your calm turn on your calm I like
0: it, I like it. <laughs> when you're stressed so out, turn, turn on your, on your calm, calm.
1: <laughs> if shit is hitting the fan turn on your calm mm-hmm. that's like also if yeah if somebody reams me out or something I also the same preceptor taught me like he was like you just have to ask yourself like what are you having for dinner tonight <laughs> <laughs> like kind of get yourself out of the mm-hmm. out of it
0: because I think also, like, people just get so, like, there's so much pressure coming in every direction to everybody working in the hospital because mm-hmm. there's never enough resources. There's never enough time. Yeah. And you have to recognize that, like, they, although it's inappropriate and it's told they're not allowed to, like, they they probably don't hate you. They're probably just stressed out. Yeah.
1: But they don't need we? to learn.
0: They also need to learn how to cope. It's a completely, Yeah. that's how i'm gonna save the world coping communication and perspective yes if we could just like in elementary school like from a young age if that was part of the repertoire to like you literally every every person took a class on like how to communicate well and effectively in every situation Mm and in emotional in a heightened stressful situation whatever it is and then how to cope how to like take a pause because like no matter what, if you're freaking out, if you have a flat tire and you're just like, oh my God, or if you broke your snowboarding goggles, like what, whatever the smallest little thing, or you just got diagnosed with cancer, you're allowed to express emotion. You're allowed to be, you're allowed to feel every single thing. But if you cannot communicate effectively through that, and if you can't take a second and say like, okay, like this is the problem. What are we going to do now? it like it will only affect you negatively you know it does not help that you need yeah it doesn't help for you to get to freak out and get pissed whether you're a doctor talking to a nurse whether you're a patient talking to a nurse Mm -hmm. whether you're a nurse talking to another nurse that's like why don't you do this it's so so helpful when you have those tools to communicate effectively and cope well and then also perspective like if we you know I, I don't think you can gain perspective if it's if you don't put yourself out there and like I don't know what it's like to get diagnosed with cancer and get chemo but like I hope to seek out opportunities to learn that so that I can at least try to understand and try to have empathy because
1: yeah well you've also gone through you know stress is stress pain is pain you Mm -hmm. know like you can sympathize with the fact that you know they're going Mm -hmm. through one of the worst things of your life and you Mm -hmm. haven't you know I feel like all of us have an event yeah. that's like you know the worst thing that happened to them. Yeah, like you can. I think that
0: that was that. helpful in like perspective has been huge in keeping me entertaining me and that like, you know, all the bad things that are happening here. Like if I can if I can see an over like a bird's eye view of any of this, it has helped me to recognize that it's not that big of a deal and that it's um, potentially way better than it could be. Like even our floor or like we went through a huge, like a really bad turnover rate when I first started mm-hmm. and then last summer and then people are worried about it this summer. And I'm like, it it was difficult, a little bit more difficult then, but like per, having perspective of what other hospitals are going through or what it was like for when I first started or,
1: you know, mm-hmm. being able to
0: go through those and, and recognizing perspective or listening to other people and what they have to tell, I yeah. think- has helped a lot so that I mean
1: that's definitely kept me cool I know you have to go to your wrist appointment so we're gonna wrap this up but my last question is just what is something that comes with time that new nurses could learn right now um
0: I think what we're just talking about kind of just saying like bug it
1: Yeah. It's fine. Let it roll off your back. Mm -hmm. Just let it, let it. I know, like, I feel like new grads have this heightened stress and expectation to do everything so right. Yeah. Because to a fault, that's what experienced nurses really drill into Mm -hmm. new grads' heads is like, you know, we want you 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 to be the best nurse that you can be. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's just so much information that they don't really know how to prioritize, too, mm-hmm. because everything seems important. Yeah, and so I feel like, you know, I prioritization don't, comes, is
0: huge. But that I think that comes with time. Like I don't think you learn that out of.
1: It's okay to make your priorities. Mm-hmm. It's okay to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Not everything is going to be right in the forefront, the most important thing. Yes, you can prioritize.
0: And like, I think I always, we do like our, with our evals for new grads, everybody gives like a pearl of wisdom and I, I do stand on my pearl of wisdom in staying a nurse is for sure, like have your people, have your crew, rely -hmm. on them, love them, lean on them. Like if I did not have, I'm going to start crying. (laughs) If I didn't have the support and the love that I had, because like you're a nurse and you go through, you know, you see these terrible things and you have to deal with all the stress, but then we're also human. So we're going to go home and we're going to have really hard stuff to deal with too. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't had the amazing support and love that I did and the people that pushed me to continue to do what I love, like, Go hiking and go backpacking and go camping and to like find my love for life outside of work, I would have crushed in every way. And yeah. so to find a balance in that, have your crew and find a balance in life of like self love and self care is so 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 big because I yeah. think like as nurses we we have so much love and care to give and we try to fix everybody and everything and we are so concerned with, like, other people helping other people, we do not help ourselves enough, Mm -hmm. and so that was something that, like, I, I learned a year in, like, one, one, well, yeah, like, eight months to a year in of, like, I, I thought I, yeah, I thought I was gonna just crash and burn, and Mm -hmm. having those two things of, like, learning self-love and learning that each of us are such beautiful people we have so much to give but we have to give some of that to ourselves
1: yeah i agree with that completely yeah. this was so awesome yes, thank, thank, you thank you so you for much having for having me here this is penlight thank you so much for listening if you have comments notes questions about this episode please shoot me an email podcast at gmail.com no spaces i would love to hear your input um it's I, if you wish that I would talk about you know blank and what I could do to improve shape of this podcast so next week we are going to be talking about the nurses support systems just like we were talking about before so family uh, friends do you have somebody who you release all your stress to at home um, so all of those loved ones that end up absorbing that stress that we take home and who better to have on the podcast than my own sponge my boyfriend Matt so stay tuned for